Hey guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. I uh, guess this is going to be a solo episode, which, hold on, I'm putting the, um, so I tried to quit, I tried to quit vaping, and part of that was I started using uh, Zen Citrus Nicotine Pouches. Uh, this episode brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. If you're trying to quit and you want another habit, try Zen, because that's what happened. <laughs> now I uh, vape and I take Zen Nicotine Pouches. So, I, oh God, dude. I tell, I tell the kids that I work with all the time, if I could go back in my history and not do one drug, it would have been nicotine, hands down, hands down. Easily the hardest thing that I've had to deal with that I just can't seem to quit. I, I keep using the advice or I keep using the uh, rationalization of like, oh, well, I just... I, I just don't want to, which is which is partially true because I'm still getting some benefits from it. But it's it's such a damn uh, ironic twist. Like, it, am I really getting the benefits from it, or am I just a nicotine addict and I'm just satisfying the nicotine addiction? I don't know. It, it's you know it's a it's an aurora boris, Ouroboros? Ouroboros. The uh, snake eating its tail. It's one of those. That's not at all what what I wanted to talk about. I I don't even know. I don't know how to discuss it. But we're going to talk about divorce. That's what we're going to talk about. I casually mentioned it. Not casually, but it, it, it got brought up finally. I, I wasn't going to bring it up. I thought about having a guest on to help me kind of spitball this subject to kind of give me someone to talk to. I, I keep meaning to do that and I keep not doing it and it keeps getting pushed back and back and back. Um, but here I am on a Sunday and and I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try to process it in real time. I guess what so that part of this this whole this experiment this podcast that I have been a part of now for four years three years four years something over 200 episodes y'all have been listening to to my life and I've been really open about everything and it wasn't until recently and y'all have heard me say this before that I had a, a, a therapist really challenge me on this idea that I have to tell everybody everything and I, I looked at where that belief system came from and most likely because I started going sorry I don't that's the only thing I don't have a guest, so I can't mute to vape, and this is a very stressful subject, so y'all might just have to bear with that. I'll do my best to not, <clears throat> and I'm going to cough. So, yeah, I started going to, to, I started going to therapy, I think the first time, man, I was little, like nine, eight or nine, 
Um, and then more seriously, I guess when I was 12, 11, when I, uh, when I got that Tourette's, the nervous tick, the anxiety disorder, Tourette's, what, whatever it was, I guess I've looked it up since then and it, it does match, uh, Tourette's. So maybe that's what it was. Anyway, that's when I started seeing a psychiatrist. Uh, and then I entered my first outpatient treatment center when I was 15. So essentially, you know, all of my developmental years were spent telling people about myself. (laughs) Um, And then combining that with, you know, the youth group I was in, and I would fall into this pattern of sinning and then the confession of sins. And I, I think this idea has just been drilled into my head from AA, from rehabs, from church, from Christianity, from sponsors, from counselors, from therapists, that I need to tell people what's going on inside of me. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to say that that's a bad thing, it whole cloth, because I, I still think that's true today. I think there are things in my life that I don't need to keep in. However, I also don't have to share it with every Tom, Dick, and Sarah that I come across. I don't have to do that. Um, but I still feel this pang of guilt when I don't. And so then enter this this podcast, which to me, for my integrity, part of the part of the DNA of this show is almost like a a real-time journal snapshot of where I am and it could because I have found that it's it's really beneficial to people uh, apparently people in the congregation people that just casually listen so many times have have written me to say that hey you know I thought I was the only one going through that Thank you so much for sharing it. And so it just kind of got reinforced that it is good for me to tell my dark secrets, my dark failures, all of that. It is a good thing to tell essentially the entire world, like the internet, what's going on with me. Like I, that's my, that's the cost of admission for the price of helping others is that I might have to suffer some public judgment, scrutiny, ridicule, all of the above, okay? Which I was all fine with until the the last two year, year, year and a half of my life when some really bad things have been happening to me. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't share all these things. I couldn't, and I, I shouldn't have shared some of these things with everyone. I wish I lived in a world where people could just be honest about what's going on with them without fear of, of social consequence. Um, and I actually had this, this, this thought, this realization that, 
I, you know, I've said it before about um, China having that social credit system. And if you do things, commit crimes, whatever, then, you know, you're you're barred from like public transportation. You're barred from working certain jobs and how that's that's crazy. And that's this this communist Chinese government. And then it occurred to me, we have basically the same thing. It's just in social media. I know personal friends that have gotten fired because of things they posted. They haven't gotten jobs because of things they posted. Their histories catch up to them and they pay for that in in a real way. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish everyone's stories could be used to help one another without fear of consequence. Um... Oh, doing solo stuff is so is so hard because I'm I, I just had the thought of like is anybody even listening anymore like should I do I need to crack a joke to keep people engaged I guess I'll just get to the subject can right so a- along came my divorce and my immediate thought was what am I gonna tell my listeners and I and I. I really don't mean that in an egotistical way. I really mean that in a personal integrity way that this is this is a this at this point this is a part of my life and I have certain beliefs about what it should be used for and and how it can transform the bad things in my life for good. So I really felt like it was something that I need to do. Um, I just didn't know how. So what, what I'm not going to do um, out of respect to, you know, other people are involved. I'm not going to get into any real details. I don't really think that's important for what I want to share about it. Um, I'm, I'm just going to kind of touch on basically what the, what the experience is is like and it's it's almost like you know C.S. Lewis's book A Grief Observed um where it just it's taking an analytical look at what happens um I, I you know it it's taught me a lot um things like this really do have a tendency to humble you um and I had gotten self-righteous in a lot of areas that I was blind to. For instance, I've had friends go through divorces, and I, you know, because at the time, I thought my relationship and my marriage was so rock solid that I kind of looked at those, and maybe this is a natural human thing to, you know, it's why we like uh, shows like Cops. It's why we like shows about serial killers, so we can look at other situations compare and contrast them to our own situations and say, okay, at least that's not me. So I, I've had some friends go through divorces, and of course, I cast my judgment on those situations and say, wow, well, thank God my marriage isn't like that. Um, yeah, and it's it's really shined a light on my own um I don't know if if it's hypocrisy is the word, but just just judgment, um, just just being a judgmental asshole when 
things that things that I never thought would happen have happened to me. Think place I am at a place in my life right now that I never thought I would get to. I never thought I would be doing this episode. I never thought I would be having this conversation. I never thought I would be experiencing the hurts that I am now. I just it was just never it was never a thought. It, it just wasn't going to happen. The other the other sort of realization and this kind of occurred with the the divorces my friends went through was you know when you, when you look at social media you look at this veneer this storefront that people display about their lives and everything just looks so great a lot of these my friends divorces it's it just like i could remember the day before the divorce announcement or whatever however i found out you know these pictures of just this happy life of of uh the couple together and things are going great and and then the next day it's like oh yeah just kidding things have been horrible we're getting divorced and i i i that a few friends have reached out to me and i think it was kind of the sorry i gotta adjust the gain here um I think it was kind of the same situation where people were like, wow, we, you know, I, I, I really didn't know or I knew things were bad. I didn't think it was going to get like that. <sighs> what what to even say about it? It's nothing for one. Nothing happened. There was no event. There was no, you know, infidelity. There was there was no. There was no event. In a, in a lot of ways, I think it would be easier if if there was an event, something to, to blame this on. And, of course, I've been racking my brain trying to, trying to pin this on something. But it, it's, sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes people just grow apart. Sometimes there are paths that each person wants to go down and the other person does not and you are faced with a decision to make whether one person is gonna begrudgingly go along with the other and and so then one person's gonna be happy and the other is not thus making neither of them really happy or or you go your separate ways christy so you know i got I got married. There's just so much that goes into this. So, you know, I got married a year, a, two years after I got sober, a year or two after I got sober, which, you know, a, a lot of conventional recovery wisdom would say that's a bad idea, which kind of fed into this this idea or this 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 victory story of like beating the odds and like, you know, this recovery power couple. And, and this is how ego just kind of sneaks into my life where I am, I am this counselor. I am this big deal. I host this recovery podcast. I'm sober and it you know drugs aren't even an issue anymore and you know we were this couple that went to rehab together and then we got married and we're actually doing great and we don't argue ever which 
back in you know back in the early years of the marriage, not arguing ever was like a a, a bragging point for me, and that would you know later on would I realize that that's that is never a good sign. Like there needs to be some sort of conflict of some kind. It's a healthy thing. Um. So I, I you know. I made serious mistakes. I did. Um, the, you know, the pandemic, which, you know, this is some more finger pointing, which I'm not going to blame it on, but the pandemic was really a a litmus test or, oh, what's the other, or like a magnifying glass that really kind of, or like a wave that reveals, you know, sunken ships where small problems suddenly became very big unavoidable issues Um, maybe it was the time spent together it was the uncertainty it was uh, the financial burden it was the uh, vocational burden I mean it, it was the 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 climate the atmosphere in the air was just so thick with anxiety and I I know many many relationships that did not make it through the pandemic um the great equalizer whatever you know the the gauntlet whatever you want to call it and so I I want to say uh good job on the the relationships that did make it through it you know I'm proud of you um mine didn't and there's just a there's just a loss there you know even if even in the most amicably possible splits there's a loss right you know you you spend eight years with someone and and then it 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 has to end there is gonna be a very unique feeling of of hurt and loss and it it, it's not only it's not only the loss of you know your present life it what what surprised me was it changed the way I viewed my past it kind of tainted memories it it you know I I've spent a lot of time reflecting on the years past and times when I thought things were good and they weren't. And it made me really, really question my, my intuition. It made me question my judgment. It made me question my actions, my, my motives. Um, and then it's also the loss of a future. And this was the, this was probably the, the most surprising thing to me um and i've i've told a few friends you know it's the classic you know the joke is every anybody that's married and has kids you know the the snide comment the joke is like man if you know if only i was on my own and i didn't have them i could do whatever i wanted and it, you know it's like tongue-in-cheek um but there might be some tr- you know people i'm sure think of that where they're like man I'm not able to do what I want, and if if I was alone, I could do what I want. Well, I'm here to tell you, 
it's almost too much freedom because I, I, I didn't realize how much, how much importance and I can't think of the words. Um, basically, I didn't realize how much of my life and my goals and my plans were motivated by the idea of supporting a family long term. And with that taken off the table, I did not know what to do with my life at all about anything. I didn't know, you know, of course, there's the initial like, oh, we, whatever, I can do whatever I want. That's over so fast. And then it's, do I even, why am I living in this city? Why am I living in this state? Why am I majoring in this in college? Why am I doing this as a career? What do I even want to do? You know, a lot, most of my plans were, well, and this was, what I'm realizing is this was all subconscious. This this wasn't necessarily um, front mind stuff. This was going on in the background, but, you know, I was trying to basically get security and, you know, try to get a house and try to get health insurance and all these things to, to gain security. And, you know, maybe things would have been different and, and maybe this is where it can help some people, you know, maybe things would have been different if, if I wasn't so goal, like maybe I missed the forest for the trees. Maybe I, I assumed, oh, I know there's no, maybe I, I did. I, I made a lot of assumptions on the health of my relationship and I made a lot of assumptions about what was going to make me happy. Um, what I needed to feel complete. And I, I think there was a certain amount of making a person and a relationship um, a higher power in my life. And that, I was starting to say earlier, but I stopped. But the, the Christian part of this is, is that you don't get divorced. You know, God hates divorce. You, you make it work no matter what. Um, in, in this case, the decision was out of my hands. And so then it, then it, then it becomes like, why? Like what, God, what's, what the fuck to put it bluntly? Like what, why this? You know, I, I thought I, I remember, you know, one of it's part of my story of of this spiritual experience I had where I, I had a vision, you know, when I was broken up with and, you know, I heard or I thought I heard from God, she's going to come back. And I had a vision of my wedding day. And so this is part of of tainted memories and now I'm thinking back and it's like did I make that up did did that not happen did I confuse my own voice for God's and if that's the case then how many times have I done that in other times <laughs> like it it this is this is life altering stuff that's that's what I'm getting at like my, I, I have a, a good friend um, at my church who, who 
went through who went through a divorce and he's he's been really kind to me and he's really he's really helped me to understand that that this is one of those turning points in your life where you know and I also had a um another friend an old coworker you know cuz I I am very much you know an idealistic hopeless romantic and he kind of pointed out that you you've been hit with a dose of reality like your idealistic romantic kind of immature ideas have been supplanted by a, a healthy dose of reality and it's very true um and and so now it becomes how do I learn from this? What am I supposed to learn from this? How do I, I've never, I realized I've never lived alone since my, no, never. I've never lived alone. Um, save for, I don't know, maybe like a, a month or two long period, but I've never, I've never lived alone. I've always had roommates. I've always had sober living houses, rehabs, my parents, girlfriends, um, I've just never lived alone. This is the first time um, in th- 34 years of life that I've, I've been by myself. And it's scary. It's very scary. You know, it, it's not only... It's not only losing a spouse. It's losing a friend. It's losing a confidant. It's, it's losing the the one person in your life who knows you the best and who knows everything warts and all you know there if if you think about your life and really think about who knows everything um odds are if you are married or in a very serious long-term relationship odds are it's it's that person and it's 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 like you know there have been times that like that person has been the only one I want to talk to about the relationship that has just ended. If you understand, you understand what I'm saying? Like, but you can't do that because they're the person in the relationship. So it's just like, Oh, you know, I got to find a new support system. I got to find new friends. And, um, it is hard. There's nothing easy about it. There's nothing easy about it. And I, I don't, I don't know yet what God's purpose is in this whole thing. I really don't. I'm I'm trying to just grasp at straws and I'm I'm trying to pull meaning from it. And maybe that's the wrong maybe I just have to feel it. Maybe I just have to I don't know. I don't know. I I wish I don't know. I was about to say I, I wish there was um, a, a clear-cut book I could read of, you know, the 10 lessons you were supposed to learn through this. But I don't really know if that's even what I want. I know that I hate, I hate the pain. I hate how it feels. Um, and it you know whether or not you buy into the bible for me it it does you know in this in this western nation where divorce is 
as casual as ordering a pizza, I, I've, you know, I am one of those people that believes in the idea of marriage and the, the, the consecration of it and the, like I, and maybe this is wrong, but I, you know, it's, I've had a good example of healthy marriage from my parents. And, and so it is kind of elevated to this status of, of this holy God ordained thing. Um, and so to, to feel like something to have something taken away that you were certain was protected by God is a punch in the gut, you know? And, and, oh, that's what I was going to say is, is yes. And, and I, it's like the, you know, the idea that God's laws or commands for us in the Bible are for our own good. I understand it because like, I understand why, God would say it's good for you to have one wife and and stick with that wife because there isn't it is a unique pain. Everything that comes with that loss and separation is very unique to the situation of marriage. So I get it. I get how that law could be for my benefit. Um and, and that's also why I, I guess I have to trust that since it was something that was out of my hands, then it's it's for my good as well. I don't know. And it's like I said, I'm not, I am not at all blaming, um, I, I'm really just trying to talk about like how this has affected me. And with the hopes that anyone going through it or that comes, that has to go through it in the future, you know, it's, it's, you can get through it. I, 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 you know, I'm getting through it. I don't know how some days, um, and there's just been so, and, you know, I, I, the podcast has kind of had to take a backseat a little bit just because of so much. And I hope this kind of explains it of so much change that has happened in my life. Um, I mean, I, I, I got divorced. I changed jobs. Um, I'm going to school more full time. Um, and it, I mean, still, you know, I, I stayed in, the house and and still coming home sometimes it just feels like maybe the other person is on vacation it's like that like it doesn't it's it's taken some time to sink in and i think that's you know that's a that's a normal thing uh i think it would be very strange and sociopathic if the next day i was like all right cool you know moving on that was (laughs) that was fun you know this is this is this is just part of of the healing and i i do i do wish um the other person well and there's you know trying not to hold any space for bitterness or angry and 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 tr- 
try. I really am. I'm trying to let God be the God of my life again. Um, because I, I, I do, I have found that I have that, I have that, uh, proclivity to make humans or things or substances or, um, new toys or whatever, the, the God, the lowercase g God of my life. And without fail, it, it, it lets me down. And, and like I said, maybe things would have turned out, you know, maybe I was relying on myself a little too much in that situation and maybe things could have turned out differently, but, but they didn't. And this is, this is what's going on with me. So I guess I just wanted to to let y'all know so I could kind of formally address it because I've been beating around the bush with it and, you know, extend extend the invitation that if anybody's going through similar, you know, send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com, reach out to me on, on social media, you know. I really don't have much advice, but I'll I'll cry with you, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I will tell you that sucks. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's because that's the, that's the thing with with that's what I'm learning is there's some situations you can't really talk your way out of. You just got to feel it. You just have to feel it. And I have been avoiding painful feelings my entire life. And ironically, I would say the bulk of my feelings of my in, in my life have been painful and maybe it's because I've been trying to avoid them maybe I need to you know maybe I need a new perspective I don't know I don't know um, so I hope this was in any way helpful to anyone out there um, I, I love you guys and especially those you know um, Kenan, Ben, Andrew, uh, Colton, Tierney. Um, I should never start naming people because the ones I forget are going to be mad, but I'm sorry. My, I'm kind of frazzled right now. But um, everyone that should have just been reaching out and, and helping me through this, it's, it is absolutely uh, received with, with humbleness and thanks. So thank you. Um, so yeah, send me an email, churchandotherdrugsgmail.com, storefrontier.com slash churchandotherdrugs for some Christmas gifts ideas, and patreon.com slash churchandotherdrugs, and I will see y'all next time. Oh, fuck, here he comes again, the bad luck demon that I can stop kissing. He's a rock slide on Halloween He's a total rental in 2016 We didn't really need him then We never really do, but he said Well, honey, at least you found the floor Found the floor.
can't get much worse than this. Well, honey, at least you found the floor. It can't get much worse than this. Hey, honey, this isn't the floor yet. It's gonna get much worse than this. Get much worse than this.